The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy Saturday. Yes, happy Saturday to you. And thank you listeners for sitting in with us for the next hour. Here we are again, four years running for mm-hmm. Open House with Team Reba. Running, walking, jogging, anything. A little bit of both, yes. a little bit of everything. Crawling. Doing all of it. <laughs> Yeah, if you're in traffic, that's right. That's right. Well, we're here every Saturday from two to three o'clock, and sometimes on Sundays from three to four o'clock. And on podcast, always on podcast. Yes, look us up. Open House with Team Reba on your favorite podcast. Whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it. You can also just Google us if you're just on your laptop. It's, you know, lots of different ways. That's right. That's right. Well, here we are. Another busy fall. What do you What are you up to? In fall, are you out out in the boat much with this yeah. kind of weather? Yeah. Well, actually, yes. Um, so glad you asked because you're giving me a chance to talk yet again about things such as the Grand 14 and the Rainier Yacht Club. Oh, there you go. So many of our listeners know that I'm a member at Rainier Yacht Club, and several of you who've been listening to us for quite a while might know that I'm also the rear commodore mm. over at Rainier Yacht Club right now. And what that means is I get an opportunity to hang out with other fellow uh, boaters who are part of what's called the Grand 14. So there's 14 yacht clubs that have been socializing since like the late 40s, early 50s. And um, when you go through the chairs, which means a leadership position inside Mm -hmm. of the club itself, you go through the rear, vice, and commodore positions and then become a past commodore. Those are one volunteer opportunities you know because like right now i'm in charge of the house and grounds and maintenance for our club as well as putting on our monthly dinner meetings and managing our leasing rental agent and things of that nature very cool yeah because that's because i got nothing better to do in my personal time (laughs) sure, (laughs) is all that so it, it is taking on some a lot more volunteer work however with it i get to go to two years of what they call junior officer balls so when you're the rear and the vice you're a junior officer and so they are a mix of all these really fun events where it gets really creative. Mm-hmm. It's three-day events, and they encourage you to take your boats. So that's what I love. It's like summertime here in the Northwest is great boating season. Sure. But what's even cooler is to be around a group of individuals who like to boat all year round. And so, you know, starting in August, we do a cruise-in, and then the junior officer balls start in September and they run most every month except for November and December because of holidays. Mm-hmm. We have one one to two every month uh, through June. Yeah, super fun, super it's, fun. It's a great well, time. You know, this time of year, I, I I'm kind of changing my the the gear on on the boat. You know, we mm-hmm. went from from crabbing in the summer to yeah. salmon fishing in the fall. You know, that's sort of winding down now, and uh, salmon is pretty much winding down. Now it's a squid. And I don't know if you've ever gone oh. jigging for squid. It's a lot of no, fun. No, you've talked about jigging for squid. We've yeah. brought that up on this show numerous times mm-hmm. over the years. And yeah. But I love to eat Well, I have to get you calamari. down there sometime. It's, yeah. it's pretty fun. 
you know, you hang hang the light over, and you can watch the schools uh, coming in. Oh, I'd love to see really, it. Really it would fun. be super cool. Very, very Absolutely. Cool, yeah. Cool in fact, animals. actually, you ask about the boating. Um, I'm already making plans. Last year, I got time during Thanksgiving and uh, Christmas time mm-hmm. to take time off and be out on a sailboat. There you go. And yeah. I'm we're in the midst of uh, doing that planning right now. Some some really of the most excited. Beautiful sunsets and sunrises. Oh, when yeah. you get a little bit of mist out there. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh yeah. Cool. Well, and what's great is that in the winter. Out here, a lot of times people aren't out in their boats, so you mm-hmm. can get a whole island to yourself sometimes. Correct. Yeah, it's that's just right. it's that's fantastic. Right. Although I should maybe maybe we should stop talking about it because more people are going <laughs> to start doing it. No, no, no. That's <laughs> all good. That's all good. Got this, you know. But you're right. You don't yeah. have the summer. But you asked. crowds. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm excited. Plus, um, I also want to bring up. Yeah. Though, uh, in December, you know, mm-hmm. if we're going to be talking about boating, we might as well bring up some of the other fun things. We, t- I mean, part of the show is about what's what's going on in the Pacific mm-hmm. Northwest right. and things that are out there. Well, one of the things that also Rainier Yacht Club is part of is the lighted tree ceremony at Kulon Park mm, in early mm-hmm, December. Mm-hmm. And so we have two weekends. So there's the first Friday in December where um, all of our lighted boats go out there and do this mm-hmm. cool big parade along yeah. with Argosy. And they light up all of the, the peppermint, tr- uh, not trail, but they, they have like a whole big thing mm-hmm. with like the big peppermint canes and right, the trees right. and everything. And it's beautiful. And then they do that a second weekend on Saturday. So the first Friday and the second Saturday, right? Yeah. And then um, another thing that we're part of is a uh, special needs uh, cruise as well that uh, Maidenbauer Yacht Club puts on every mm. year. And so a lot of people from our club also volunteer um, and get kids out. Love that, that. Yeah, it's a really Ooh, cool program. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at volunteering for that also this year, yeah. uh, meeting myself and uh, a guy I've been dating. So you folks with boats and deckhands? Yes. So they're mm-hmm. always looking for volunteers for that. So mm-hmm. you can certainly go look these things up. Or if you want to contact me at info at teamreba.com, mm-hmm. I'm happy to send this awesome. information to you because a lot of the local yacht clubs are part of what does the the fun parades on Lake Union and Lake mm-hmm. Washington and uh, so they're very much into doing things for community. I was sort of talking about that over the weekend. You know, we we live in this beautiful place, but so many people don't ha- get the opportunity to experience that. You know, yes. being on the water, being near the water, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it's it's one of the probably the greatest things you can do for your own sort of even mental health. That's proven. You know, being near the water, there's something about it. You know, get down to a beach, get down to uh, a park and, and check it out. It's really, really cool. If you have a chance to get out on a boat, do it. You know, it's yeah, it's, oh, it's good therapy. It really is. It hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Well, as you know, I'm very interested. There's a, a business idea I have around mm-hmm. that that I, I'm still in the exploration phase of. Yeah, yeah. But there's some people I know who are doing some pretty cool things around here, mm-hmm. and one of them is. Um, a company that, you know, there's the electric boats that are out there, the Duffies, mm-hmm. but there's also a company creating solar-powered mm-hmm. boats. Right. Yeah, that's a technology that's starting to come into the marine industry, which yeah, is great. Yeah, I actually want to reach out to that company to get them on the show. Yeah. Because oh, we've be had cool. other solar-powered Why not? Oh, I'd know, be all over episodes. that. We can, yeah. We could definitely nerd out on that, that's for oh, sure. Oh, I 100% <laughs> know that wait. you will nerd out on yeah, that. absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> well, what else can we nerd out oh, on that you're of, such a specialist in? Uh, let's talk about what's going on in the financial markets right now. So, uh, as I've said many, many times, the, the interest rates for mortgages are driven by the bond market, and the bond market is driven by fear. Yes. Fear of inflation, fear of uncertainty. And, uh, and uncertainty is definitely, you know, first and forefront right now. You know, in the last 12 months, uh, the Fed, 
They've raised rates. They've cut rates. They've shrunk mm-hmm. their balance sheet. They've expanded their balance sheet. They've injected liquidity. They withdrew liquidity. You know, they've they're, they've been all over the board, and and it's reached a point where it, it's caused a little bit of uncertainty. That that creates volatility in the markets. You know, uh, last couple of weeks it's been the trade war influencing. You know, things with interest rates. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week it's Brexit again. Yeah, I was going to say they've about, been part of that along yeah. the whole way, but yeah. Well, I've been talking about Brexit since 2016. Yes, and this week there was a vote. You know, by uh, the parliament. I to, almost want to say it's like your your breath is like you have Brexit breath. <laughs> Brexit breath. That's right. Ooh, it's got a bad stale. case. Of, we got a bad case of Brexit today. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, there was a vote to move forward with Brexit, but but also a denial of a vote to set a clear timeline for it. The original date to expire is October 31st, and unless the European Union agrees to extend it, which they will. Um, you know that would be the that would be it, so they'd move forward without a deal. Um, bonds don't like it because it's creating more uncertainty. You know that is having an impact a little bit on interest rates. You know, with that said, uh, not super scary uh, okay. here, but we're up a little bit from last week. So here uh, is where we are today. The national average for a thirty-year fixed-rate conventional mortgage we're at three point eight four percent, still under that four percent mark. Uh, 15 year fixed rates right around 3.42. FHA and VA uh, are hovering right around 3.42, also for 30 year fixed rate. Jumbo 30 year fixed rates are averaging 3.86%. So, all in all, we're still looking really, really good. You may start to see, depending on your individual circumstances, your credit, the loan amount, you know, the um, uh, amount of your down payment is going to influence the interest rates. You could see those. Somewhere right around that, you know, high threes, low four percent range right now. Certainly not the end of the world, considering a year ago we were a full you, percent you me higher than I that. I know. I was going to say you make me laugh. It's like it's not the end of the world. It's like, oh my god, it's gosh. good. Yeah, let's be you know, <laughs> relative about you know what we're comparing this to. We say this all the time. You and I both bought houses way back when that were at. Supreme, Double digits. Well, yeah. You know, like my first house was at 9%. And I was super happy. It just gotten under double digits. Right. Yeah. I've had homes at 7%. I've had yeah. homes at 6.5%. Yeah. And it's like. I've so had it at 15%. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So whenever I hear people be like, oh, gosh. It's like, ah, take a yeah. breath and go take a look at historical rates. Wait, <laughs> and you'll, that, you'll realize what a good time we're sitting in. I had that conversation with a client this morning. He's like, where are you at? For his situation, it's like, mm-hmm. well, we're at 4%. Oh, that's way too high. And I'm like, mm, what are you thinking? You know, yeah. tell, tell me. It's like, well, let's go back 15 years and where yeah. would you have been? Because well, 15 years ago, you would have been paying 6.5% at least. Right, absolutely. Well, <laughs> and the, the thing is that, that it's it's very easy to get kind of get sucked into some of the, the online advertisements oh, and the, the ads and and there's there's a tremendous amount of bait and switch that goes on, especially in the refinance market. Oh yeah, where you you think you're getting you know this rate, and it sounds too good to be true, and most likely it it is. I've actually had conversations with loan brokers where they say, well, you know, their customers promise this rate, and they're like, well, you know, everybody knows that we can't lock in that rate until you know, we issue final approval at the very end. It's like, mm, in what world is that the case? You know, you can lock a rate. You should be able to lock a rate at any time. 
Mm-hmm. And many lenders, uh, us included, if you lock the rate and rates fall, there is an option to float down to take advantage of a drop in the rates if they fall before closing. So, no, um, you really need to be careful when you're you know, listening to some of these, these things that come on the market. The other thing though, to really be careful about mm-hmm. is to not just look at the interest rate, but look at the cost of that loan. Look at the fees. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I can offer you a 3% rate today, but you're going to pay an arm and a leg in fees to get that rate. Does it really make sense to do that? Well, maybe, but only if you plan on keeping that home for a very, very long time. Because if you compare the lower payment you get with a lower rate to the fee it takes to get that lower payment, it's going to take you quite a few months or possibly years oh, yeah, to, to recoup yep. you know, that investment. Yep, absolutely. Got to do your due diligence. And yep. speaking of that, we are going to mention a way that you can learn how to do that when we get back after this little break for messages on Open House with Team Reba. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osses from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. Thanks for joining us again on another Saturday afternoon. And, uh, you know, I was uh, thinking about this article I've got sitting in front of me. Mm -hmm. I was driving up by 5 the other day, you know, where they're chopping all the trees down. You get north of about 145th. Okay. All the way up up towards shoreline there. Mm -hmm. All the trees are coming down. On, along the oh, because along they're the, getting ready the freeway. for the sound transit. Right, getting mm-hmm. ready for sound transit. Yep. So you know yep, what you should they're do. They're parallel. Yep, you know what you should do. About it. Uh, besides purchasing, buy a house. Yeah, yeah. No, there's been there's been a lot of activity in Shoreline, but a lot of the stuff that's near there is also going to be um, higher density. Right. Uh, it uh, there's an article that uh, recently came out, Puget Sound Business Journal, that that compared home appreciation. Uh, this is between 2012 and 2016, and focus on areas within a half a mile of what they call fixed guideway transit stations, or meaning mm-hmm. mostly light rail. Yeah, and uh, you know, not not surprisingly, uh, median residential home prices increased 43 percent for homes within a half mile radius. That's compared to 30 uh, percent for much? everything else. 43 percent from 2012 to 2016. And what kind of housing? Single family residential just says residential so i'm thinking i'm assuming most of that is is single family and uh but we don't know right well it's just we'll call it residential okay so, which counts as one to four unit properties so something along right that line. I, the reason you're seeing me look like that though mm-hmm. eric is because I mean, our listeners can't see what my face looks like when you're saying that most of the time when you do have a major transit center though and the way most zoning works density is that goes you're up. Not, you have density that goes up so that could be a combination of um condos townhomes and then out to single family absolutely but my point yes. is it went up more than other areas yeah and as a matter of fact, uh, Link Light Rail uh, had the steepest price increases, roughly 55%. Uh, but uh, also First Hill Streetcar, 56%. So interesting, mm-hmm. you know, but those are the, the two main, uh, main moneymakers. Um, home values, uh, are, some areas are even more profound, 123% within a half mile of Rainier Beach Light Rail Station, 114% near Kent Station on that Seattle-Tacoma commuter rail. Yeah. Line. Well, I can definitely tell you I have more and more people who are asking to be near light rail or some kind mm-hmm. of rapid transit of some sort because 
It's just, it, you know, we've had Sound Transit on this show several times, and mm-hmm. any of our listeners who want to go find our old podcasts, you know, if you get like on Spotify and do a search, you can mm-hmm. find all of our shows around that topic. Um, but yeah, this, I mean, it totally makes sense, and I'm glad to see it actually happening because one of the things that is occasionally difficult for the neighborhoods that get things like mm-hmm. light rail is you have neighborhoods who fight it. Because at first they're like, no, this is going to ruin everything. And it's because you have the old timers, basically, who are just mm-hmm. like, not in my backyard syndrome. Mm-hmm. But then they get this. Right. Right. It's like, it's because they, they're they short-sighted. Mm. They're, they're forgetting, yes, yes, there might be displacement, but some people might be ready for that, mm-hmm. you know, or they might get enough out of their home so that they can go somewhere else and maybe have it be more affordable. But generally speaking, yes, this is exactly what mm-hmm. happens mm-hmm. is especially when you become more tightly packed with people like we are, we need this and there is a benefit to it. So I think a lot of those naysayers who, you know, I still remember when sound transit was trying to get the funding and everything else and going out for votes on these things. And there'd be all these naysayers. And that just, it drives me nuts. That drives me nuts because I'm just like, you can't just be thinking about yourself Mm -hmm. when you're in an area, you have to think about the entire community and the natural human response is to think about just yourself first, right? So it really does take a moment to like get beyond that. But there is there is actual true individual benefit, like what you're pointing out here. Yeah, there is. And as long as you're careful about where you buy, smart mm-hmm. about where you buy. Yeah, do your due diligence because mm-hmm. you don't want to make sure that you're buying a place that's about to get demolished. <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> you know. Because yeah. uh, you mean, get it at a good price, I suppose. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. know, depending, yeah. I guess. I, I just, if, you know, you want to think about when you're buying, like do your due diligence and look at things like, well, I mean, okay, but that's actually a perfect question though because let's think about it. We have East Side uh, Energy, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the energizing side, uh, so, you know, if you're buying and selling over mm-hmm. in the corridor over there, you probably want to look at the Energizing side map and take a look at those, you know, changes where which they're Which for happening. our listeners is, is a, a proposed improvement uh, mm-hmm. upgrade of the grid, which the has been grid, around yep. since about the 1960s. On the east side, specifically. On the east side. That run, yep. runs from Kirkland to Renton. Yes. And mm-hmm. we've done shows on that, so you can find those. Yep. Um, but then also anything that has to do with sound transit. So you can go to sound transit's website and Mm -hmm. take a look at where sound transit two and sound transit three packages are going. Right. So those are all good things. Cause I mean, you're talking about what's going on up at shoreline, but you can also head on over to Bellevue and -hmm. see what's happening with Anatai. That's right. Like that whole area is also changing. And some people are like, Oh, I don't want to be here. I've actually had conversations with some customers about Mm. the, I don't want to be here for this. And, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I understand it. They, they wanted a more bucolic neighborhood like they've had for many decades. Right. And now they want to move on to something else. But it will eventually, once it's complete, it will benefit that entire corridor. Right. I mean, we, you can look at other cities and you'll see the same thing. You know, a, a city will grow to a certain population and then it, it moves, mm-hmm. you know, and to the to south or to the north. And yep. then or to the east in our case, and that population yeah. is going to grow, and then it's going to move again. Yep. It's going to keep keep moving along until yep. our entire region is, is you know, grown even more. Yeah, well, and, and we, we talk see all the, that. We yeah. see that happening. We talk about affordability and everything else here all the time. And mm-hmm. the thing that's going to get really interesting is, like, when we're seeing, like, what's happening with um, Tesla, and, you know, they're testing out new light rail versions of their own, mm-hmm. like underground trains mm-hmm. that can go super high speed. Right. That's some pretty interesting stuff. When you get the guy who runs Tesla along with Branson 
and those two masterminds start coming up with something that has the ability over the next 30 years to maybe make some pretty massive changes in where people live, period. Well, it's going to be real interesting to see where technology takes us over the next yes. couple of decades. Yeah. That's absolutely. Those are topics sure. as we go into, you know, I can't believe we're getting towards the end of 2019 already. It's just, <laughs> it's killing me. But those are topics that I'm going to be populating our show with guests mm-hmm. to talk about over the coming years because these are very, very important topics. And they impact, I mean, people think, how could you be talking about real estate all the time on this radio show? Well, you and I have been doing it for four years, and we never run out of topics. No, there's always Ever. something. There's always something. There's always yeah, something changing. And, and and the demographics and the technology and the employment and everything has an impact one way or the other, up or down. Right? That's right. It's, right. it's never-ending. So it makes it fascinating, and hopefully it makes this show worthwhile for people to listen to. Um, but I do want to mention, I thought we were going to go into the beginning of this segment, um, talking about the, what we ended the segment before with on the, how do you know, like with rates and those kinds of things, you didn't mention the class coming up. I didn't. No, you did not. November 6th. Yes. November 6th. November 6th. It's a Wednesday and we're doing it again down at the Claim Jumper Restaurant in Tukwila, so about a mile south mm-hmm. of the mall. Right. Uh, you can always look up the address. But if you want to uh, participate in that class, you can send an email to info at teamreba.com and give us your name, email, and a cell phone so we can make sure if there's any last-minute changes, we can get in touch with you or if there's any issues. Um, so um, that is from 5 to 9.30. We, we moved the time out an hour mm-hmm. just to try and accommodate more people being able to get off work and, and come to that. Right, yeah. yeah. Starting a little bit later than we normally do. So hopefully that will make, a, you know, make mm-hmm. it a little bit more convenient for some of our folks. Um, this is a, uh, we have limited space for this class. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do fill it up. Uh, this is the official uh, first-time homebuyer class sponsored by the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. Uh, and this will give you tools, not only about uh, you know buying a home, what can I afford, talking about budgeting. We talk mm-hmm. about credit. We give you life skills for credit. Yes. We talk about the home buying process, as well as, of course, uh, detailed information on all of the different first-time buyer programs, mm-hmm. zero-down programs, ones where you get discounted costs on PMI, things like yeah. that, that, which can really be a game changer. Yeah, mortgage insurance you know, is folks. not inexpensive. So if you can get any kind of discounts on that, go for it. Absolutely. It's totally worth it. Absolutely. And, and you know, what's, what's interesting about this class is that not every lender offers these types of programs and not every loan officer offers mm-hmm. these types of programs because they require special certifications. And quite frankly, they're a little bit more work. And so mm-hmm. not everybody's willing to take on that load. Yes. As I mentioned earlier, <laughs> people tend to kind of go to the path of least resistance and That's think true. of themselves individually. So mm-hmm. this is better you for go. you as a community. There you go. And this is That's what we right. like to think about. It's well, one of the reasons we do this program. And, and one of the pieces of paper sitting on your side of the desk there is mm-hmm. talking about appreciation rates mm-hmm. and what better argument to make to get into a home now Rather mm-hmm. than waiting later, if you can get in now, even if it's a low down payment or, or zero down, mm-hmm. even uh, it gets you on that that train, you know, building right. equity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you wait. Equity uh, meaning long term mm, wealth. That's right. Development. Exactly. And 100%. It, because if you wait, uh, we have two unknowns. Number one is where home price is going to go. Mm-hmm. Number two, where are interest rates going to go? 
We don't know. But I want to make sure that we address this again. This has been something coming up for the last couple of months with us. Mm-hmm. I wonder, because this article, one of the things that I bristled at when I read it, when you handed it over to me, <laughs> was the comment about should housing prices go down? Right. And I do not like fear-mongering. Me neither. I am not a fan of that. And the fact that those words were mentioned in this article, I want to remind our listeners what we've discussed in prior weeks, which is that recession is not synonymous with housing crisis. Correct. Okay. The the recession with a capital R uh, does not mean what we went through in 2008 through 2012 yes that was a rare occurrence and needs to be called what it is which was a housing crisis that occurred in that period of time it was one of the only times that the u.s economy has been taken down by the housing industry because Mm -hmm. the housing industry traditionally takes us out of recessions when people are buying homes this is what people need to be thinking about One of the reasons that that hit us so hard when it did happen, and that was because of poor business practices going on in the lending industry, Mm -hmm. right? That wasn't because house builders did all of this. It was specifically people in Wall Street, right? Listen here. Wall Street and lax standards that created that issue. Hold that thought. I want to kind of dig into that just a little bit deeper. Let's do it. Uh, And then we'll talk about the story, too. That's right. So you're listening to Open House with Team Reba every Mm -hmm. Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock p.m. Stay tuned. We're going to go pay some bills, and then we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. More Open House with Team Reba. I love that you know so much about our show. (laughs) Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. Now back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass at Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And Eric Austin's here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Yes, and before we get too far along, yeah. should we go to my cabin? Let's go to your cabin. <laughs> okay, listeners, what we're really talking about, I don't really have a cabin. I have a boat, but which we've already talked about. But Cabin cruiser. Yeah, well, true. Good point. Good point. Yeah, touche. Um, actually, we had on a prior show... This uh, wonderful company who came on that has basically um, figured out how to do cottage housing uh, in a very affordable and low-impact way. And it's called My Cabin, spelled with a K, M-Y-K-A-B-I-N. So if you go to mycabin.com, you can probably find this information on their website. But we had uh, Tom Todaro, who is one of the co-founders of that uh, that company on our show, uh, along with their head of sales and marketing. And uh, they sent us an email recently. I was so happy that Tom did this. And that they are hosting an open house of a newly completed backyard cottage. Snacks and beverages are going to be there. And uh, they are running that. Now, I think some of these days might already be taken up by the time this show is, of course, on air. But from October 19th through 27th, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily, they will have a property open at 432 31st Avenue East in Seattle. And that's in the 98112 zip code. So that's basically up on kind of Capitol, Capitol Hill, Central Hill. District. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
And this is a really cool product. It's oh, it's, yes. it's modular. It's almost like uh, I don't want to use say IKEA, but you can go on their website. You no. pick your style. You pick your layout. Mm-hmm. They they come out. They do a site consultation. Mm-hmm. Say yeah, we can put it on here. Yep. Uh, these things go up fast. Because yes. they're using a very innovative foundation system. Mm-hmm. So it's not like your traditional digging up the whole yard and everything. Yep. It just goes in real, real slick. Yeah. And you can actually, so going to their website, mycabin.com, if you have a Seattle property that you think is a potential fit for this, mm-hmm. you can actually, they have a tool right there on their website where you can plug in your, your address. E- yeah. You can put your address in there and it will tell you. If it looks like a potential. Mm-hmm. Now, they can't say definitively because they don't know your entire site and everything, but that's a mm-hmm. good first start. And then you can reach out and get the consultation. Absolutely. Super, super relevant now, too, especially yeah. since the city of Seattle is allowing day Correct. dues. Yeah. More than one. Yeah. Detached accessory dwelling unit is what he means by the day dues. Formerly known as mother-in-law units yes yes not allowed to use that terminology <laughs> in fair housing not anymore not yes fair housing correct. they can use it on the radio yes i still want to know whether or not they took my idea about who's your daddy <laughs> for a t-shirt and some coffee mugs Ooh, we should find out yeah because yeah, he said he was going to go and do that right away i was like uh, yeah. if you're going to sell those i would like a yeah, residual a little, thank you very much a, a royalty yeah <laughs> but if you're out and about you know even looking at open houses or yeah. things it's a really really cool product oh yes great it is. Uh, to look at get some ideas mm-hmm. so again that address 432 31st avenue east in seattle uh, it's open through the 27th of october 8 to 8 daily Yes. So definitely don't go into the house by. next door. Don't go into the no. main house because no. you might surprise some people yeah. that no, live no, no, there. No. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I That's actually, right. you know what? I had that happen at an open house recently because I was in a townhouse and they have, you know, you know, they're stacked, right? Yeah. So there's like four typically, or, you know, it can be a combination of these numbers, right? But there's like two in the front, two in the back. Yeah. And I got a phone call while I was holding this open house. And a woman's like, I'm having trouble getting inside. Oh, and no. I was up on the main floor, which is the second floor. I know which house you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, well, uh, are you? I said, oh, my gosh, are you like rattling the door? And she goes, I said, the downstairs here, the door's open. I'm like, so if you're at a locked door, you're, you're at, at the, the wrong, wrong house. house. Yeah. Like you're probably scaring the crap out oh, of somebody right yeah. now if they're home. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So she didn't quite recognize that she needed to walk around into the back Oops. section. Oh, well, you have a lot of fun with open houses like that. I had a friend oh, yeah. actually had a, a Street of Dreams open house. And uh, okay. this is going years back. When yeah. they, I don't know if you remember those, the old Street of Dreams tours. They take a whole don't they still subdivision. Do them? I don't know. I haven't heard, seen them advertised in a while. Maybe they do. Um, I just kind of mm. quit paying attention to them because yeah. I thought they were kind of, they got they, they got a little ridiculous. They got a little. Oh yeah, and they, every every house had a big screen TV with Top Gun playing on it, you know, and all of that. But anyway, my friend actually built one of those, and and um, she was at work. I called her up. I says, "Hey, I'm at your house. Where's your plunger?" <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> just kidding, of course. She's like, "You didn't." Well, no, I can I tell you, as someone who has shown houses. Just note, listeners, if your house is for sale and it's vacant, if you are able to, go check on it on occasion. No, seriously, because I've walked into houses where I have had to call the listing agent and say, hey, I'm here, and there's a toilet overrunning, and there's water all over the floor. Oh, no. Like, it's Yikes. it's a real thing. That's you know? scary. And especially as we go into wintertime, right. just a reminder, if you're thinking of selling your home coming up here in the wintertime, and if you might be moving out... Make sure, if necessary, to winterize things because my mom is one of the famous stories. Um, she does real estate in the Midwest, and she had a, a client back there 
who moved into a new home first didn't winterize his home Mm -hmm. and they had a freeze and his plumbing froze Ouch. and burst pipes all over and ruined the first floor. Not good. And, yeah. and yeah. here's the note. Always check with your insurance company because he had, since he'd moved out six months earlier, his insurance company would not take the claim because they said he had abandoned the property. Mm. So do your homework. If you will be moving out of your home, we, we right. talk about this all the time when we do consults with our clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you check with your insurance company that you'll have coverage during that period of time. Yeah. Great advice. Yeah. Great advice. So just a little note to self people. <laughs> okay. But, um, all right. So we, we talked about the open house. We got that done. We were talking about equity positions and appreciation yeah. and me bristling a little bit yeah. on part of this article. Now I will mention that this is, uh, from a company that is technically competition mm -hmm. to the firm that I'm at, but we still will discuss everything in the industry. I can't, sure. I, I don't stay myopic. Right. But, um, but what I will say about this particular company that prefers to be considered a technology company rather than a real estate company, what they try and do is they're trying to compete with Zillow. Cause most people mm -hmm. don't realize that companies like say Redfin are actual brokerages mm -hmm. where they are licensed with the state. Mm -hmm. Whereas Zillow is, is a not. media company mm -hmm. that is not licensed and is just a website around the topic of real estate, right? They've done a very good job of convincing people that they are a real estate company of some sort, but they're not. They're mm -hmm. just a website that targets sort of a, real estate topics. Would you call them a data aggregator? That's exactly what they are. They're a mm -hmm. third-party data aggregator. Nothing that, you know, or very little of what they have is actually anything that they personally have created because mm -hmm. they're pulling from resources that are publicly available right. primarily, mm -hmm. as well as non-public sources like Northwest Multiple Listing Service and the MLSs of all of the areas of the United States. Um, so what they're doing, and they don't get everybody's information. That's why I always laugh every time Redfin says, oh, we have more, we have better information than Zillow. Cause I'm like, duh, everybody does because <laughs> we all come from the same resource. Whereas those guys have limited right. access to MLS data because it depends on each company that has signed what's called an IDX uh, agreement with them. Correct. So yeah. it's an information data exchange is what IDX stands for. And so if they did not get a certain company to allow their listings to be shown there, then Zillow can't show them. They're not on the because feed. Because they're, right. yeah, because they're not a member. Is that why also you can see a home on Zillow mm -hmm. and then you go look it up on another site and it was sold like a month ago? Correct. Yeah. So they, because they are not updating. Well, they're not beholden like real estate companies are to having accurate data. Mm -hmm. Like I have to have on my Remax feed... I have to have accurate data. And in fact, as a member of the Northwest Multiple, I have to have updates on my listings within, you know, a 24 hour period. Like we have right. to have, like sure. if something changes on the status of a property, like, like say, like we just went active with a brand new listing. Like I can talk mm -hmm. about this, yeah. but a listing go live this week. We have a beautiful little townhouse. It's three bed, two and a half bath up in Edmonds and it's North Edmonds. So it's like great commute mm. to like Boeing, sure. easy access onto five to five to head North or, you know, to head North or South, uh, to, yeah. you know, East side or Seattle side. So great little place. We're going to have it, um, you know, available, uh, and looking at offers next week. But um, that property just went live. Wait, what was your question again? Now I'm getting distracted because I'm talking about my listing. What was your question? I forgot. No. 
Are you serious? Come on, no. What was the question? No, we're just we're just talking about a, a pre, uh, you know, the difference between Zillow and why those listings are old. Sometimes you oh, pull yeah, them yeah, up yeah. and they're okay, stale. So, yeah, yeah. And, so that's where, and, okay. So I just yeah. went active. Mm-hmm. So the second we get a uh, offer that is accepted, yeah, by you five update. p.m. of the following day, I have to have it updated. And if I am not tracking that transaction properly, mm-hmm. I can be fined oh. by the MLS. Okay. That's a it's a it's a big deal. Sure. And the reason why it matters is because they're looking for data accuracy because the MLS, mm-hmm. like we've brought up several times on the show, has reports that it does. So yeah, Redfin can come out with this article, but you know, a lot of their data comes from these MLSs. And the only reason that stuff is accurate is because the MLSs require all of us agents who are members. Sure. To well, provide accurate information. Let's talk about it. Okay, so we'll put our caveat out there, our disclaimer, that this information may or may not be reliable. and it's uh, yeah. But you're getting it's exactly just an analysis. the value out of it that you're paying for it. Well, which is exactly. Nothing. Well, so. it's an analysis that they've done, and that's the whole thing. Is right. You can do anything you know, with well, numbers. Well, let's go but, over it a little bit. Yeah, so, so I mean, the overall thing is that this article is saying home buyers who bought at the bottom of the market in 2012 have earned $203 billion in equity. And this was an article that just came, yeah, it just came out October 1st of this year. And it's talking about nationally from the standpoint of the 318 markets that are included in this Mm -hmm. article. Correct. Right. So we looked at the methodology, like what was used? Was it enough samples, enough cities, you know, that kind of thing. So we get it. And I'm kind of like, just because I'm in the industry, my first reaction to this was, duh. (laughs) (laughs) So, but not everybody everybody knows that. No, I know. But I'm just saying, I, I don't have like the the number like they they've gone and pulled the numbers and done data crunching so that they have like what the dollar amount is like right. I wouldn't know that nationally but I can tell you anecdotally here locally yeah our market changed in April of 2012 and mm-hmm. we've been on an upward trajectory the entire time mm-hmm. till now right right and even now we're still in an upward trajectory just not at an accelerated rate right our re- our rate of increase has decreased correct that's about it. Yeah, I I love that. Our rate of increase has decreased. (laughs) That almost sounds confusing. Home values are going up 100% of the time, 70% of the time. (laughs) Or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But so anyways, I mean, the, the report mostly did highlight that where some of these massive changes were is primarily California markets, Mm -hmm. which again, another like, duh. (laughs) Because <laughs> California well, coast, coastal markets. Well, no, not coastal. If you read this article, which I just mm-hmm. did, mm-hmm. it does say that it is primarily in California. Yeah, and well, then Seattle is thrown in there. It doesn't give that many East Coast. Yeah, you know where where goes California? We're sort of along for the ride, you know, yes. with, with that as well. Yeah, for all so, the same reasons. That's right. Well, we've got to take a quick break here, but when we come back, we've got more open house with Team Reba talking about our local markets. Are you appreciating? Stay tuned. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hess from Team Reba. And we're on Twitter. And we're on and we're on <laughs> yes, Facebook. We and are. we're on email. And LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn and podcasting and everything else. If you need to reach us at Reba, if they need to reach you. I try and keep it simple. Even though we've got all those outlets, find me on social media, follow us for sure. But if you want to reach out with a question, 
Just send a message to info at teamreba.com. There you go. And me, I just look up Eric is my banker. So Eric at ericismybanker.com. Yeah, Great there you go. Great way to track me down. Yeah, so there's all kinds of different ways people can get in touch with us, but uh, that's a quick and easy one. And if I happen to be in a meeting and it's something one of my team can answer, then they they will see that as well. So, Likewise. Yes. Yeah. So, okay, before we went to the break, uh, as we were joking over the little break, uh, we hope you appreciate this conversation about appreciation. Uh, but we were talking about the equity buildup since 2012, mm-hmm. nationally speaking, in this report, right? Yeah. And that they were targeting, you know, 318 markets, and they had to have a minimum of 1,500 sales within each individual market to qualify to be part of this study. Mm-hmm. And then um, a portion of it was saying, okay, if you bought at that part, which for here yeah. in the Seattle area, because California – by and large, had the largest equity increases mm-hmm. overall yeah. from a dollar perspective, sure, right? Because sure. they were already a more expensive market than we were to mm-hmm. begin with, right? right? So, of course, the dollar amounts are going to be higher down mm-hmm. there. But we were lumped into this whole thing because since 2012, we went from, you know, prior to the housing crisis, we weren't even in the top 20 of growth markets no. for the United States. No, no. But since 2012... We have been. Yeah, in a and big often, way. And often number one or within the top mm-hmm. five, yeah. right? So this is not a surprise of right. anything in this article, right. right? Nothing is a surprise here. It's just they're trying to show, you know, what's going on and that we appreciate that as well. <laughs> not to be overly facetious. But, um, you know, it's like I saw, you know, because in this period of time from 2012, to what was it last summer not this summer in 2019 but summer of 2018 was when we had that little slowdown Mm -hmm. right right and so between those years we had six years of eight to 14 percent on average appreciation locally Mm -hmm. right and so with that you know there were some sub markets like 98004 in bellevue was growing at 25 percent a year right at least and so those homes in four years doubled in value plus some because you have to remember that when you're appreciating here you're not appreciating off the first value of what you started with yeah, say every year it's, yeah it's it's the compounded effect mm-hmm. of that right so you get this compound effect and that's where the the development of wealth why people want to own homes typically is that over the long period of time you do get that compounding effect mm-hmm. Absolutely. right and so the stock market oftentimes takes a lot longer to catch up to that mm-hmm. because there's more stability in housing right right, right. so it's, it's your classic leverage yeah Absolutely. And that's, you know what, talk about leverage real quick, because especially when we teach these classes where there's zero and no down payment programs, sure. talk about leverage so people understand that concept. Because, well, I mean, the way I look at it is when you buy stocks, you don't get to buy stocks on leverage necessarily because you got to pay 100% of what that stock is valued at at the time that you buy it. Right. right. Out, of, out of your out of your pocket. Like if it's a thousand dollar stock, I got to pay a thousand dollars for that. Right. Absolutely. Right? Well, a, a perfect example. Let's say that you buy a four hundred thousand dollar home and you put five percent down, mm-hmm. so that's twenty thousand right. dollars. So you're investing twenty thousand dollars into a four hundred thousand dollar asset. Mm-hmm. That four hundred thousand dollars, let's say that home goes up five percent in value, mm-hmm. the first year, it's gone up twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. So your twenty thousand dollar investment was recouped, you know, yeah. com- completely in in one year because you're earning the appreciation 
yes. on $400,000, not on, on $20,000. Yes. If you go buy, spend $20,000 on a share of stock or on stock, mm-hmm. your appreciation is based on $20,000. Right. It, it, so it's a huge it's difference. A, it's, it's a massive difference. Yeah. And and that's something that that's that's why home ownership is still one of the most desirable things a, a person can do, a family yeah. can do. Yeah. And yeah. it's a huge part of the economy because the overall industry and this is everything related. It's like it's just like when we talk about the Boeing effect mm-hmm. or the Microsoft effect. For every job of somebody at that company, there's another like six jobs that are somewhat dependent. Oh, on that company yeah, being in business and doing is, well, right? Housing is really one of the perfect mm-hmm. things for the economy. We're 17% of the GDP. Mm-hmm. Think about it. All the different raw materials, mm-hmm. skills, trades, ancillary services that oh, go into title, a house. escrow, the real estate industry itself. Well, I mean, we start with... The insurance with, industry. You know, earth moving and concrete and yeah. lumber and the do it yourself electrical buildings that you know home that. depot yeah. and you know oh, all massive. those guys totally rely on people buying homes and wanting to improve them that, or just even maintaining them that's that's absolutely right and as a matter of fact even historically bed bath and beyond requires us to like have homes <laughs> that's right and and decorate them and well, fill them with crap we don't need one of the, the major <laughs> initiatives to get the u.s out of the great depression was housing Yes. It's when the Federal Housing Administration was yes. formed where you could buy a home with a with a low down payment uh, because they knew that building homes would bring all these jobs, all these workers, mm-hmm. all these different industries yeah. together. And, and and reminder folks, Great Depression, we had 25% unemployment mm-hmm. at that time. Right. And during the housing crisis, we hit at least locally at 9.6% in Washington mm-hmm. state. So right. Now, there are some places more hard hit, like Detroit, oh, certain sure. markets, mm-hmm. absolutely annihilated. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, one of the things um, that, you know, isn't really discussed in this whole equity appreciation article is, like, what has impacted those market areas, mm-hmm. right? That, like, there is one part that made me laugh a little bit because it said something, it said, um, and not to, I'm not disparaging this. I want to make it very clear, listeners, I'm not disparaging this. But there was a section talking about how Tacoma mm-hmm. had some massive, massive growth. And it wanted to relate it to the fact that it was because of the military presence down oh, there. Oh, bollocks. No, I, nothing to do you. with that. No, 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 no. Thank you very no. much. Tacoma it, is is growing because Seattle got ridiculous. And and as prices have gone up in and Seattle, and they got light rail, they got well. Trains. That's true too. You got you got a better commute options yes. now into into Seattle, and they improved the whole rest right. area. I mean, there's a bunch. But of I mean, reasons. I've, I've used this term for years now: drive till you qualify. Yeah, you know, four hundred thousand doesn't get you Ballard, mm-hmm. but four hundred thousand gets you a nice home in Pierce County. Yeah, and and so people know that and they understand that, and people are making compromises. They're like, I'm willing to take on a different commute or a longer commute mm-hmm. or using public transportation, you know, if it gets me the home that I want. Yes. And and that's that's where we're seeing that growth. Many, many Same people, thing to the north. Yes. Many people that I have talked to that are in the Tacoma area, the reason they're there is because of the affordability and that it has the same look and feel of the Seattle area, especially Seattle 10, 15, you know, not, not longer than that, 15, 25 years ago, because mm-hmm. it's not as overgrown with the big downtown. Right. Right. But it has 
had massive renovations on the waterfront and the Ruston district mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other areas down there. So it, it's just completely changed. So I'm with you on the bollocks to the whole thing about <laughs> it just being. I, I'm not trying to disparage our military either. No, no, no. no. You and I are huge is, supporters of military, heavens, yes. both with and, lots of military families. Yep. But th- like that's what they pinpointed. I was like, that yeah. is baloney. And the other thing that they also fail to really mention is that part of why Tacoma is coming back so heavy is because one, there's also a huge investor community down there because when we had the housing crisis, Tacoma was what was called our ground zero. It was. It got decimated. It was called a category five soft market. Yes. It which got was bad. decimated. And now mm-hmm. that our economy has come back so strongly, mm-hmm. they get to get the benefit of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a combination of, yes, we have, you know, and I will say, Thanks to those people who keep our military bases open here. Oh, for sure. Right? Because yeah, we have sure. many of them, and you yeah. and I are huge supporters of the military. So, mm-hmm. again, not a knock on them. It's just no. that that's not the one single qualifying factor behind this you know, no, statistic here. For sure not. So, yeah. and, there, and a huge number of those homes that are changing houses, because they did get hit so hard, a lot of that housing inventory down there was in very poor condition. So a lot of this is house flipping. It's true. Yeah, it's true. Well, that comes to an end of our another hour of Open House of Team Reba. Hope you enjoyed our show. This Hope you appreciate it. Hope you appreciated <laughs> it. Thanks again. Join us every week. We're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock p.m. and Sundays from 3 to 4. Have a good rest of your weekend, everybody. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.